Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. You are listening to An Unsociable Hour, and I am your host, Matthew Elliott. It has been a very long time since I've done this, and so this might be a little bit, you know, new again. Um, the last time I did this, um, it would have been probably about four or five months ago. So do forgive me if, uh, if I ramble on. But importantly, I have somebody on with me tonight, a guest who is absolutely fantastic. She is multi-talented in many ways, and she is one of the coolest people that I have ever had the fortune to, uh, to meet, but only online. We've not met in person yet, but I do look forward to a time when we can attend a gig or an event together. Um, so please welcome my guest, Amanda Defoe. Hello. Hi. Thank, Thanks thank for having so much me. For coming on tonight. Yes. This is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's lovely to have you on. The first thing that I really, really have to ask is you're a parent, yes? I'm a parent. How the fuck do you do it? How do I do it? Oh, I kind of get every get up every morning and just think he's made it through the night again. <laughs> My God, I tend to find he's getting still through alive. the night. I tend to find getting through the night's okay. It's getting through the day. It's like, oh my God. Just how many times I've just kind of stood in one room just thinking, what the fuck am I doing? It's so difficult when they're little. I mean, I remember when when we first brought our boy home, my son Jacob, who's 14 now, we um we brought him home and his his granddad, his dad's dad, brought us home from the hospital and he came in and he had a cup of tea and we had a bit of cake and stuff like that and then and then he left and Jacob was in his Moses basket and his dad came through and kind of just looked at me with these huge eyes and I thought, shit, they let us take this kid home. Why have they let us do this? <laughs> They've let us take a little human home and now we've got to make sure that it stays alive. What do we do? But yeah, it's 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 terrifying and it's, it's so hard at the beginning um, when they're little. It, it, I mean... He's 14 now. He kind of he just wants to sit in his pants and play video games and kind of grunts at me when he needs anything, which is <laughs> much easier than when he was a baby. So it does get easier as they get older. But um, uh -oh. yeah, it's hard. It's hard being a parent, but I wouldn't change it for anything really. So I know, I know. It's it's one of those things where I feel like it's it really you have to experience it to really understand because prior to prior to back when I was a you know a, a frivolous young man. Um, mm -hmm. when everybody had kind of told me about the issues and everything that they faced I was just kind of like oh, that does not sound like a big deal but what I figured out is that everything is a big deal because it's piled on top of every other little deal until mm -hmm. such a time where if the door doesn't get closed properly you fly into an absolute bitch fit it is mad yeah, yeah. but um, but it's but it's amazing as well I mean I I was very much like you when, when we took my daughter home from the hospital. I remember sitting there and thinking, well, surely she's come with an instruction manual or something. There's, there's got to be something, mm -hmm. something, you know. But no, it is, it is absolutely mad. I mean, fortunately, my, my partner has, has other children as well. So it, I, was, I was able to kind of go, oh, you kind of know exactly how to do this. And I was able to learn, learn relatively easy, I think. 
But man, it's just See, I've chaos. just got one at home. I've just got the one kid. I always like find it amazing when people have got more than one. I'm like, how do you manage that? Especially if it's like more than two. You've only got two hands. How do you hold them both? How do you <laughs> deal with them both at the same time? And then there's like a third one coming at you. What do you do? Um, like what one is more than enough for me. I'm I'm just collecting cats now. So Oh I imagine that's just as stressful, although albeit in a in a much different light. But no, no, um thank you for that. It's the re- the reason I said that is because I, I suddenly found obviously back when I used to do this podcast, you know, years ago it was just as simple mm-hmm. as being very leisurely and you know, I could I could take half an hour to an hour setting things up and having a nice relax you know, having a drink and stuff like this and Literally about five minutes before I logged on, I was trying to like shoehorn all the kids into the room going, go, 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 go. Don't come downstairs for a, you know, whatever's wrong. I don't care. Just stay up there. But, but no, it's you, you hope the whole perception changes. But um, right. So let's let's start this properly. I have some questions that I would like to ask you. They're very direct. You might feel uncomfortable. Are you ready? It's fine. Uh, this is a big one. What's your favourite colour? Did you ask me something? Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Um, what is your favourite colour? My favourite colour? My favourite colour is pink. It's pink, is pink, as you can see from my lovely picture, which the people that are listening to this aren't going to see. They're not going to see my lovely picture. But I've got lovely pink hair at the moment. Um, it, it was yellow for a while. I was having a mental breakdown and went yellow and it just didn't feel right. So I've gone back to pink. So oh, It looks very nice. And for anybody who's well, listening to this on audio, um, it, is, it is a very lovely head of hair. Thank you very much. The second you. question. Yeah. What's your favourite meal? My favourite meal? Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would probably say... I'd probably say my gran's spaghetti because my granny's Italian and it was my favourite thing to eat when I was a kid growing up. And I do make it from time to time, but it's never, it'll never be the same as what she could make. She's not with us anymore. So we don't have any of her lovely spaghetti sauce uh, in the world anymore. So it would, that would, I'd probably say that's my favourite meal. I do eat a lot of Japanese food now, though, funnily enough, um, kind of branch, branching out from my my usual deep fried food, being a Scot. So. Bless you. Oh, well, that's lovely. Your favourite alcoholic beverage? Oh, I'm quite partial to a dark rum. I like a dark rum with Coke. And I also like a dark rum with ginger beer and lime. It's called a dark and stormy. Yeah. Do try it. It's very nice. I have had one of those, I believe, in Glasgow at, uh, oh, I want to say it was called the Tap Room, but I don't think it's that. It was ju- It was up on, I can't remember. I, I remember being in Glasgow. I absolutely love Scotland. I love Glasgow right. as well, and I, and I was there, and I went through a period. Of, I mean, I hate mobile phones and stuff at the best of times, which mm-hmm. I think I've made vocal a few times on this. But I decided I was going to an event which was taking place at the Hilton in Glasgow, and 
I decided that for that whole weekend, I was just going to carry around a little Nokia 150 phone. Right. <laughs> and, be, and because of that, I knew that there were certain places that I really wanted to go, but I had no GPS, I had no maps or anything. So I just decided to start talking to random people in the street and just say, excuse me, mate, can you tell me how to get to, to the... It was yeah. probably one of the best nights of my life. <laughs> Excellent. Because, because everybody looked at me gone out like I was a piece of shit because obviously they were like, oh, why don't you Google it, mate? Or oh, use your phone. And, and a few times I'd pull the phone out and people had just gone, fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Loved it. Absolutely love it. Love it. Um, but yes, I have had a dark and stormy. I, I'm a fan of room too. What would be your favourite song all time? Oh my God. What kind of a question is that to ask know, someone who know, loves and music? It can, it, can, it can only wow. be one. What one song for the rest of my life? Forever. Oh God! This life and the next. That is like that has to be that has to be one of the hardest questions you can ever ask a person. It it would depend on like it would have to depend on my mood, I suppose. Um, sorry, it's a long pause. I've, I, I I'm not sure. It would depend on what kind of mood that I was in. So I. I'll give you a, I'll give you a bit of a broken answer, okay? So I would say song that kind of changed my life would be mm. All I Want by The Offspring because that was given to me on my, my friend Kevin from school gave me a mixtape when I was 14 and the first song on that mixtape was All I Want by The Offspring and I didn't get past that song. I just rewound it and listened to it again and rewound it and listened to it again over and over and over and then at the end of that week I went and cut all my hair off and dyed it purple and thus began my era of being a punk um, and kind of not giving a shit at school so I'd probably say that's a very very important song for me um, the song that probably I I really love Eva Cassidy's version of Fields of Gold because it was one of my grand's favourite songs and it was played at her funeral. So it's a song that I kind of hold very dearly. And if it does play, I will have a little cry. So I'd probably say those two songs. But favourite song of all time? I don't think I could answer that, really. There's too many. That is totally understandable. I'm quite happy with the answers you've given. <laughs> I, I appreciate that somebody in your position, which we will obviously get to later on, I imagine that's a very difficult question. Mm -hmm. So I will I will ask you a follow up, which is what would be your what is your current favorite album? So so maybe not necessarily your favorite album of all time, but just something you've listened to recently that you think, wow, that is a great album of right now. Okay, so I, I, I'd probably go for an Offspring album again. Ixnay on the Ombre has got to be one of my favorite albums of all time. It's a great record, and it's just. Every song on it I'll listen to and it just reminds me of being a really pissed off, annoying 14-year-old who thought they kind of knew everything and I loved listening to that on my little tape deck and thinking that I was the first person in the world that had ever really listened to angry music. So I'd, I'd probably say Ixnay is one of my favourite albums of all time. Fantastic. Love that. Right. So that is that. And... 
the final question before we get started is going to be what's your favourite day of the week? Oh, favourite day of the week? Oh, mm -hmm. eh, Saturday because I get to have a skate lesson on a Saturday morning. Excellent. And for, and for anybody that doesn't know, please tell us about the skate. Oh, yeah, I, I, I'm a roller skater. I'm a, I'm a born-again adult roller skater. So um, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll get to see all my ridiculous videos of me prancing about on skates. So uh, it's, it's jolly good fun. I really enjoy it. It makes me smile and I'm keeping fit while I do it. So um, if you've not had a go at skating, I recommend it. That is awesome. And for anybody, uh, before we move on, please, please uh, mention what your Instagram is. Sorry, what? Um, what? Just let the um, audience know what your Instagram is. My influences. No, sorry, your uh, Instagram. And my Instagram, oh, just panda. I'm just just panda twenty eight. Sorry, it's a bit of a bad line here. I do apologise. I knew I should no, have no, put my earphones in. I couldn't get them to work either. <laughs> no, don't worry at all. It's probably at my end, to be fair. So, to anybody, it's just panda twenty eight. Just panda twenty eight. Yeah. Check her out because um, her Instagram is full of so many cool photos and videos and stuff. I must say to anybody that doesn't follow Amanda on social media before we get into kind of more about her, I absolutely adored the videos that you would put up of ducks when you were walking to work. Ah! Uh, your, 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 oh, yeah. your duck videos are just fantastic. So enjoyable. Ah, uh, I've done many duck videos recently because I think the current cohort of ducks that we've got tend to behave themselves a bit more. The ones that we had during the first lockdown were right swines. They were always giving me anxiety by running onto the road and stuff. So um, there's, there's lots of videos on my Facebook and my Instagram of me chasing ducks about on the road and directing traffic like a crazy person. So <laughs> I like to think that I've saved some ducks' lives. It is definitely my favourite thing on social media. Oh, thank you. Right. So let's get into it. Amanda, mm -hmm. first question that I really, really want to ask you is how you would describe yourself and what you do within the Japanese music community. Within what? Within the Japanese music community. Oh, within the music community, the Japanese music community. Um... I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that I'm someone who's fairly well known in the UK now. I've, I've, I'm, I'm quite active online and I like to promote a lot of bands and a lot of idols and um, try to get the community kind of more involved with one another and kind of like pushing the music and stuff that's coming out of Japan. It's a really, really nice community that we've got here in the UK. Um, everybody everybody kind of knows one another. Um, so even though I've not kind of been in the community a long time, I do kind of think that I've got a big enough gob <laughs> that everybody kind of knows me now. You have done so much to kind of bring the community together that it's absolutely fantastic. So please tell us about Beyond Senpai. Yeah, so Beyond Senpai. Uh, so Beyond Senpai was started by myself and Tom, uh, who a lot of you know. 
Um, we, we started Senpai back in 2020, just as we were going into the first lockdown. And Beyond Senpai, kind of, it kind of came out of a dark place for us um, from the previous online Japanese music blog that no, no one's allowed to speak about. Um, when, when that suddenly came to an end and myself and Tom kind of felt like we, we wanted to continue um, doing that kind of stuff, kind of writing reviews and writing blog posts and um, really kind of evolved from that and wanting to kind of get other members of the community involved because there had been other people who had contacted us and said, oh, I really like that article that you did for the he who shall not be named. And um, how did you get about to doing that? How did you do that? And it, it, there are a lot of really creative people in the Japanese music community in the UK and in Europe. And it just kind of felt like there needed to be somewhere for people to kind of be creative. So that's kind of where Beyond Senpai came from. And then about a year later, we were joined by Kelly, who you used to work with on, 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 on blogs and podcasts and stuff. And and she's just such a fab writer. I love I love Kelly's writing. She's so talented. And I, I could read her stuff forever. So it's kind of the three of us just now. We've had lots of guest writers and we've done lots of blogs and we've done lots of reviews and we've interviewed quite a few idols and bands and stuff, which is really kind of cool um and i'd like to think that everyone in the uk and europe kind of likes what we do so yeah beyond senpai go and follow us <laughs> that is awesome and beyond senpai is one of the best um i cannot stress this enough it is one of the best outlets for news and reviews and stuff of japanese music to exist and, and the, the staff and everybody involved is so passionate and really cares about it. And that is, I know that the people I know um, who don't listen to Japanese music, but listen to this podcast, I am always quite, I am always kind of, they, they accuse me of very much hyping up the community at the cost of other things, but, I've, but it's difficult for people to kind of understand how, insanely amazing the community is as well because obviously most people just think oh you know bunch of nerds and stuff like this and you kind of have to go well no not really because how you care about this you know to the to the degree that you do they care about that but you know but the difference is is that it's a community unlike any other community that i've been yeah. a part of so so obviously you've spoken about how Beyond Senpai kind of came out and it came out during the first lockdown. That's amazing. I tend to feel like a lot of great ideas came out of such a dark time. Yeah. I think the thing is, is me and Tom had worked with He Who Shall Not Be Named for a while, for, for quite a few months before it all kind of went to shit and Senpai was kind of born out of it. And there had been many, many conversations with this person about this is how we could make things better. Let's do things this way. Why don't we try this? And we just kept getting this whole, no, we don't need to do that. We're not getting paid for this. We don't have to do it that way. We just need to get content out there. Like regard, It's like he wouldn't even buy a mic. Like he wanted to do videos and stuff. And it's like he wouldn't even buy a mic. He was like recording shit off of an old phone. And we were like trying to do stuff online. And he was recording it off an old phone. And we're like, just buy a damn mic. But it's like, 
20 quid off of Amazon. Do you know what I mean? No, no, we're not doing that. We don't get paid for this. We're we're not professionals. And it's like, yeah, do you know what? We're not professional journalists. We're not, we don't get paid for this. But do you know what? Whatever we put out, make sure that we're putting out the best damn stuff that we can. People should be able to understand what we're saying. I want to be able to them to hear what we're saying if we're doing online stuff. I want I want the stuff that we write to be of good quality. And it it was just such a fight all the time with this person in regards to that. I found it very, very frustrating. And I can really understand why he spent so many years working on his own and nobody else wanted to work with him because he was just a gigantic pain in the arse. So so um yeah, we just kinda we we went into Senpai basically saying we're not going to be one of these blogs that just puts out content for the sake of putting out content. If mm-hmm. if we're busy with life, if work's taking over, if shit's happening and we can't put stuff out, we don't put stuff out. Do you know what I mean? We've all got lives. We've got busy lives. And quite rightly so, we can't put something like this that's meant to be a pastime above our own personal lives. And we both kind of, myself and Tom, we had that mutual understanding that this is meant to be fun and we don't want it to not be fun because we're just constantly trying to churn out content. And one of the things that I didn't want to be is I didn't want to be a gossip channel. I didn't want to be one of these kind of webzines that just kind of put out gossip about idols and bands and stuff. So we've kind of tried to avoid that where possible because I don't think it's helpful. I just think it kind of causes trouble. And I don't think the artists and the management in Japan see kindly on that i don't think they want to deal with 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 foreign outlets wanting to that want to talk about gossip and stuff so i'm kind of glad that we've stayed away from that but i think i think everything that we've done so far with senpai has been really positive we've had a really good response we've we've got good followers on twitter we've got people who reach out to us now that saying oh can we work with you can we do an interview and i think that's really cool the i think the, <laughs> the most exciting one that we got was when when lady beard emailed us and said oh hey um your name's been passed on to us uh do you want to interview us i've got a new i've got a new project coming out uh, and then at the bottom signed richard and i'm like the hell aka ladybeard and i was like messaging tom oh my god have you seen the senpai mail we've got a message from ladybeard it was like the most exciting thing it was like we've arrived we finally arrived. Someone's contacted us for an interview off their own back. We've not had to hassle them. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> and that, but but that's, that is an absolute testament to the quality of your work. And, the, and to kind of take it back a step, I know that you've said kind of like projects in the past have not quite worked out because of different... I think the problem is, is that obviously... Um, when you work as a collective, it can be very difficult to kind of juggle everybody's mm-hmm. expectations. And yeah. e- every single person on the team can obviously have different views and different opinions. When it comes to things like professionalism, I always think that that's a very difficult thing because I think that everybody can be professional very easily by being professional and by mm-hmm. kind of showing an element of understanding for, for other people. If you work as a collective, you kind of have to take everybody's feelings into account or, you know, of course, yeah, you know, which I would believe would be very standard. Um, But I think the fact that you've now found yourself in a position where you've got this group and this team 
together who are so passionate about what they do and are very, very talented, extremely talented. You all are. Mm, I think it's, I think you. it's amazing. Mate, you've done the work, not me. I think it's very, very humbling and very nice to kind of see that despite all of that professionalism, despite how all, all the hard work that goes into it, ultimately, yeah. you know, you are all human and life does get in the way. And so it's nice to know that ultimately it's about quality, not quantity. And mm-hmm. life will always come first because that, that yeah. does that does get in the way. Um, in terms of, as, as I was as I was wanting to say, in terms of artists actually reaching out and you know you guys kind of getting these, that really is a testament of how hard you guys have worked and the quality of your product. So I'd say that you are doing things, you know. Yeah. I assume you're told this all. You guys are told this all the time, but you are doing a great job. Thank you. So I have to ask. Now that now that we've mentioned that, what's been the most exciting part of Beyond Senpai for you? Most exciting. Okay. Um, well, like I said, I think Lady Beard sending us that email was quite a highlight. Um, we've the thing is, is we've 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 all kind of reached out to different artists over the the last two years because we've all got kind of different. We've all got different likes. We all like different things. Do you know what I mean? It's like I've got bands and idols that I like that Tom's not as much into. Kelly's more into her J-pop and her cute stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like, and it's nice to be able to kind of just reach out to people that we want to work with. So, mm-hmm. like, I've worked with Yuffie Sakamura a few times, Garuda, Melon mm-hmm. Batakia Gogo. We've interviewed her. I love working with I love working with her. She's great. Yuffie is fantastic to work with. We've interviewed Saki um, Double and uh, a couple of times now. She's one of my favourites. I love working with Saki. She's a joy to work with, an absolute joy, um, is, especially because she always likes to reply in English, which gives me a little bit less work. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's, but I mean th- that that besides the fact, I mean um, we've. It's hard to say what's been the most exciting thing. I think going along and doing um, Hyper Japan in the summer, I thought was really fun. Kind of going along as press. We had press passes. We were like so excited to get our press passes. And like having people come up to us with the big checky board, wanting to know who we were and getting to hang out our our cards, our information cards and like giving out badges and stuff. It kind of felt like we've arrived. We're like someone. We are someone. Like we're the we're the people. Come come to us. Come and speak to us. Um I find that quite exciting. Um the fact that people will come over to us and say, oh you're Tom from Beyond Senpai or you're Amanda from Beyond Senpai. That's really cool. I read this article. The fact that people kind of know who we are, that's a bit weird. It's like it's like very low celebrity but it's kind of cool that people kind of know who we are that's exciting so oh, that's amazing and and you get to have those you know experiences as a result of, of the work that you have done so i need to ask the question of when did you first discover your like for japanese music when did i discover japanese music okay so 
Um, I've always been a huge music fan. I've been listening to music since I was a kid. My mum got me into a lot of metal and rock and stuff as I was growing up. I was on my way home from a night shift um, in 2016. And they, I can't even remember what radio station I was listening to. I was listening to the radio on the way back from a night shift, trying not to fall asleep in the car. And the they, they played... They, they, were, they played two songs by Baby Metal. They played Gimme Chocolate and Doki Doki Morning. And I just remember listening to this noise in the car and I had the windows down and the wind was blowing in my face. And I was listening to this and I was going, remember this name, remember Baby Metal because you're going to forget this after you've gone to sleep today and you need to find out what the hell you've just listened to because what was that? What did I just listen to? <laughs> what was this? So it's like I went home and I went to sleep and I completely forgot about it. And a couple of weeks later, I was like, who's that band that I was going to look up? And I Googled it. It's like baby something, baby something. Oh, baby metal. So I've gone on YouTube, Gimme Chocolate. And I just kind of sat there like everybody who ever watches Gimme Chocolate for the first time and thought, what the fudge? What is happening? Why is there this amazing metal? And then these three cute little kids jumping about on the stage in tutus. What is happening? What is happening? And then it was like, right, I've got to watch Doki Doki Mormon. Then I had to watch Megitsune. Then I had to watch the next one and the next one and the next one and the next one. And then the next thing I knew, my YouTube feed was just sending me baby metal all over the place. And then the biggest mistake of my life happened was when I found out that they were playing at Wembley and I had a ticket in my basket. And then I thought, nah, I'll see them another time. And I didn't go. Oh, bless yeah. you. Talk about that for a great... I've only been listening... I've literally been listening to them for about three weeks and the tickets went on sale. And I thought, no, nah, I'm not that into them. How much do I regret? Oh, have you have you managed to see them in the time since? Yeah, I've seen them quite a few times since then. So, yeah, I've kind of, I was made up for it. I never got to see Yui Metal, though, sadly. Um, she had buggered off by the time I got to see them live, um, which is a shame. But, you know, what? it doesn't take away from the, the stage show and the experience. And the the queuing, that that's something that I had never done before. Um, I've been to many, many gigs and, like, getting there at nine o'clock in the morning just to hang out in a queue was never something I had done before. That is now a new part of my life. Um Oh, wow. And I, I don't know you. if that I don't know if that's just a if that's like something that we just do in the Japanese music community or if other music communities do it. I never did it when I went to see Dragon Force or The Offspring or No FX or anything like that. I just kind of turned up when the doors opened and went in and enjoyed the gig. But now it's like part of my day is to get up there as early as possible and hang out in the queue. Um, yeah, it's, it's because yeah, I mean. I think that obviously people, I think, are used to kind of queuing up possibly in time because they want to get to the front or things like that. But I think with our communities, there's, there's nothing better than kind of turning up way ahead mm. of time so that you can just speak to everybody, you know, get to see people and, you know, potentially have a drink depending on where the gig is or whether, you have, obviously, I don't know how mm-hmm. Wembley would have been. I, I imagine that would have been absolute chaos. But it's, there really is something to be said. It's kind of like when it's, I imagine when a lot of events and stuff take place or gigs and stuff, but ours always seem very much like it's an event. 
the big event, you kind of, even though you know the gig's not till the evening, you always get to wherever it's being played. You always mm-hmm. get to that city by midday and you spend the whole day kind of just yeah. getting to see everybody, catching up on everything. And then you have the gig and then the after party. So yeah, just absolutely cannot, cannot recommend it enough to anybody that's interested in Japanese music who has not yet been to see a gig. What's been your favorite mm-hmm. gig? Would it would it be a baby metal gig? Or Oh, favorite thing. Um Highlight has to be Metal Matsuri in twenty nineteen. That was just probably one of the best weekends of music I've ever experienced from, from beginning to end. Um the bands, the music, the setup, just hanging out with everyone. I had such a wicked weekend. I was so sad afterwards. <laughs> I had such bad post-gig blues after that weekend. Um, and I was introduced to so many new bands that weekend. There was a lot of bands that I didn't know, hadn't heard of. And I'm really glad that I got to see them. And now some of them are some of my favourite bands, like Bloodstained Child. They were my band of the weekend. And I listened to them very very often i had them on in the car this morning taking my boy to school so (laughs) so yeah trying to pass it on to the next generation um i think he secretly enjoys it as well but when we get to the school he always asks me to turn the music off which i get quite offended by because i'm like you were enjoying that 30 seconds ago and now i've got to turn it down you've got all this to to come matt you have all this to come you will scoff now but your kids will be doing that. They'll be enjoying your music and then they'll be going, turn that off, Dad. Don't embarrass me. Oh, they, they, I mean, they, they already do now, but I can, I, can I, I fully understand that. And I don't think it's any testament other than, I, I remember I did it to my mum. I remember when I'd be yeah. dropped off at school, I'd always be like, can you turn that down? And I'd always just kind yeah. of like, every day I'd sink lower into the seat as we were driving <laughs> into the school. So uh, my mum has great music taste, you know, but, but at the time, I was just like, oh, this is too loud. You're making a scene. Yeah, can't he's be just mortified. He's absolutely mortified by me, especially with my pink hair and stuff. So he'd, he doesn't even walk with me in town anymore. He walks about 10 feet ahead of me. And I'm like, oi, what are you walking up there for? It's just because I walk fast. I'm like, no, it bloody isn't. <laughs> Come back and walk with your mother. <laughs> kids, kids just can't handle the fact that the parents are cool. That's, that's, that's the <laughs> biggest issue, I'm afraid. Kids just yeah. don't know how to deal with it. They, they, they think there's no way you could possibly be cooler than them. Yeah, exactly. But I, I, I always say to them, you've got a cool mum. Just remember, you've got a really cool mum. I think I'm a cool mum. So. Yeah, yeah. You know, not not everybody's mum's getting emails off of um, famous Japanese artists. <laughs> Did she get an email from Ladybeard? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so she can fuck off. But yeah, Metal Matsuri, absolutely 100%. Um, All the baby metal shows have been fantastic. I actually travelled over to Tilburg in the Netherlands um, to see them uh, when they did their European tour in 2020. Literally, that was the the busiest week ever. So I travelled over to Tilburg and I saw baby metal on the Monday night. And then I travelled back to the UK and then saw Ninganisu on the Friday night which was an incredible gig. That's definitely a highlight for me. What Probably one of the best bands musically I've ever heard uh, and ever had the privilege to be at a live show of. And then saw Baby Metal again on the Sunday in London. And then the world stopped. Then COVID took over and that was kind of the end of it. So 
Um, that was a that was a good busy week. That was a highlight for me. Um, this year again, Hyper Japan. That's been a highlight. Bride year were fantastic. Oh, Maximum the Hormone back in May, May, Ooh. June, May. They were great. I managed to find myself a little stool up near the bar with a good view. Um, and I just watched the mosh pit for a whole hour and a half, wishing I had been in there and also thinking, yeah, your back can't take that anymore. <laughs> That's it. We you are immortal. We are mere humans. <laughs> It was quite a wicked mosh pit as well. And then um, after the show, I met, I met Paul Woodhead outside and I went to give him a cuddle to go, oh, bye. And he's like, yeah, don't touch me. You don't want to touch me. I've been in that mosh pit for an hour and a half. <laughs> you oh don't want to hug me. I do feel like I missed out, though. I would have liked to. Pardon? No, sorry, sorry. You continue. Uh, I was just saying, I would have loved to have been in that mosh pit, but I'm too old for that shit now. So. Um... I'd, I'd probably say that I would. You definitely had the best place. If if you were by the bar, then you you had the best seat in the house, a hundred percent. Had a great view. Yeah, it was a superb view, and I managed to plonk myself down at a table with this couple, and one of them was Scottish. I was like, only I could find the other Scottish person in this crowd. So <laughs> obviously, just attract one another. <laughs> so so whereabouts in Scotland are you from? Oh, so I'm from Kilmarnock, which is in the west coast uh, in Ayrshire, uh, the home of Johnny Walker's Whiskey and Robert Burns and Kilmarnock ah. Football Pies. So I absolutely adore Johnny Walker Whiskey. One of So one of the oh. previous guests on Gary, we spent pretty much that whole episode talking about whiskey and Johnny Walker in particular. But but now, yeah, that's amazing. Oh. Did you find... Because I suppose, I suppose when you started to get into Japanese music and stuff, I suppose there wouldn't have been that social kind of issue about it because of obviously at, the, at which point in your life that you kind of came across it. How did you find when you started getting into it? Were you able to find a community immediately or did it take some time? Okay, so um, I... I had been listening to baby metal for a while and managed to find a couple of baby metal fan groups on on the Facebook um, and kind of got to know a few people on there and stuff like that. And then I, I, st I started listening to a channel um, on YouTube called Static Age Channel. Static Age Channel, right? So they do, they do music reviews. And they had done a couple of baby metal reviews and then they, they did a review on Mutant Monster. And I was like, this is definitely up my street. This is a band that I, I could like. And uh, so I started kind of listening to them. And then they came on tour. I was like, yes, right, I'm going to go to that. They only played in Bloody Margate, which is just up the road from me. I was like, perfect. So I've joined the, the, the event page and the boys messaged me. Andrew and Pete. Everybody knows Andrew and Peter. So they messaged, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to be there. Like, they're the friendliest people ever. They're, they were, like, kind of my first friends in the community. So they were like, oh, yeah, we'll meet you at the gig, da 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 da, da. And then um, another guy called Gavin, he was like, oh, I'm going to be going to the gig. I was like, oh, cool, where are you travelling from? He was like, oh, from Folkestone. I was like, oh, Folkestone. I was like, do you want a lift? And he went, oh, yeah, that would be really cool. I was like, you're not a murderer, are you? And he went, no, 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 I promise not to kill you. So I picked him up. And we they drove they up always to, to... they always say that. Huh? <laughs> they always say that. And then they <laughs> murder you. 
Are you going to murder me? Um, so we went up to Margate for, oh, Ram, sorry, Ramsgate, um, to to see Mutant Monster. And we met the boys there. We met um, Andrew, Pete, and um, who else was there? I'm sure someone else was there. I'm sure somebody else would have been there that I knew. I've got a I've got COVID brain. Um, but yeah, so we went up to the bo the Ramsgate Music Hall, which is not a hall. It's a fucking tiny little house with a little tiny bar upstairs and then a little tiny stage. Basically, it looks like some the front of a house, and you literally go in a front door and it's a venue. It was awesome. It was great. It was superb. So they were the first Japanese band that I got to see live. Was Mutant Monster. Yeah. That is um, amazing. I, they are absolute, They are one of my favourite bands. I remember um, it was so strange how I came across Mutant Monster because I've because I'm not into social media or anything like that. Uh, I'm I'm on it, but I'm I, I, I absolutely hate the stuff. But the community and stuff is amazing. But mm -hmm. I, when I was younger and when I got into Japanese music, there was a podcast. Um, called Gaijin Kampai and it was run by three American um, hosts who were just hilarious and one of them I kind of kept in contact with because I just used to spam them, I was like a crazy fan I was like, dude I love that episode like this um, and funnily enough every now and again I'd always reach out and be like you know, oh what bands do you recommend, you know what, what you listen to now kind of thing years after the show had finished and he kind of gave me a list, and and, he, and on there was Mute Monster, and he said, oh, "I really like these." And so I remember I was in a, I was in a pub in town, and I was kind of looking through, and I started to listen. I thought, "Wow, I really like that! Like, I, I love the energy, I love the, the sound, and yeah. stuff like that." And I don't know, and some of it kind of possessed me to just kind of like look it up. And it turned out that they were playing in Huddersfield four weeks later. Excellent. Basically, like, what happened what? to me. And it was so it was it would have been about 2017, and I was just like, "Oh my god, what is all that about?" And it was it just just amazing. Um, yeah. But I love that band. It, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say. Um, I, so around around that time, you you obviously you've said that you kind of started to get into baby metal what was the progression in the music because i feel like everybody always can kind of chart a course to like musically where they got to where they did or where they're at now um i mean i'm i come from kind of a punk rock background i listened to a lot of ska a lot of punk a lot of skater punk that kind of stuff when i was younger and I mean, I, I've said this before on other podcasts, like before I found the Japanese, like Japanese music, Japanese alternative music, I kind of felt like nothing new piqued my interest. There was nothing that was kind of coming out from any bands in the West that kind of made me think, oh yeah, this is great. This is what, this is what music should be. And it wasn't until I started listening to um, Japanese music that I kind of, started listening to better bands i think so yeah next thing i need to ask is now that we're all very familiar with kind of what you do when you're part in the community what do you do when you're not working on beyond senpai 
Oh, okay. So um, I'm a radiographer. I'm a diagnostic radiographer. I take x-rays. So I take photos of people's bones. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, you say that kind of so nonchalantly, like that wouldn't, that, like that's not a very intriguing job. <laughs> I like it. I'm, qu I'm quite geeky for it, to be honest with you. Um, so I'm actually a qualified reporting radiographer, which means I get to diagnose your x-rays. So um, I'm, I've got them smarts. <laughs> wow. Which would you consider your actual job? So, so I would say, I would say beyond senpai and then, and then, you know, working for the NHS or private. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I feel, I actually feel very blessed that I've got a real job that I love. I actually really like my job. I think I'm really good at my job and I look forward to going into work most days. I mean, it's shit sometimes. And a lot of people complain about the NHS. We're doing our bloody best. I promise. I promise we're doing our best. Um, but I, I really enjoy what I do. And I don't know if I'd keep doing it if I didn't. Do you know what I mean? I just like, I feel like I put a lot into my work and I feel like I make a difference. And I think I kind of feel sick for people that don't enjoy their work. Any job, really, do you know what I mean? I think I think, I think it takes up such a big part of our lives. We should at least bloody enjoy it. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. How um, you say you say there that, you know, everybody's given like a lot of people are giving stick to the NHS. I think the I think the only people that give stick to the NHS are people that don't actually know what you do. And yeah. they're very much people who I don't believe would be able to do that job either. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like, I mean, we deal with a lot of stuff on the front line, and especially over the last few years with the pandemic and stuff, we've had a lot of upset people, poorly people, pissed off people, and they just they just want to be seen. They want they want to they they, they want to be made better. They want to feel better, and we want to make them feel better. And sometimes wait lists are long, and sometimes GPs are shit, and and sometimes you can't get through to them and sometimes you get given the wrong information and it, and it's and it's rubbish when that happens it is really rubbish when that happens but more of it works than it doesn't work i would say and i i i really believe that i really believe that things are better most of the time than when they go wrong and no one ever reads about that you don't see that in the daily mail they don't they don't tell you about the good shit they just tell you about the long wait times and this person had a bad experience and they cut my leg off. It was the wrong leg. And do you know what I mean? That, not that we cut off wrong legs. We try not to do that. But Hopefully, hopefully not in your department. <laughs> well, that's because we have to mark them correctly. And I'm, uh... I'm pretty good at putting the correct markers on for the most part. But we are only human and we all make mistakes and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just making sure that you fix the mistakes that you make. Um, I've not killed anyone so far, so I'm quite pleased about that. <laughs> I'm, touch, I'm touching the wooden uh, countertop as we speak for, for yourself. Uh, but, mate, I, I obviously don't, I obviously can't see, but you, you've been doing an amazing job. I think the problem is, is that there's so many people that are saying, 
you know, any, of course, everybody would love to be seen, you know, the minute that they want to, but that's mm-hmm. just not how things work. And it's a lot of it's out of your guys' control. And so I'm sorry if you've had to experience any kind of negative attitudes for something that really yeah. is not your fault. And, and none of you would, would put yourselves into that position. Mm-hmm. So, you know. Yeah, and, we do our best. And some sometimes our best isn't good enough for some people, and, and it's a shame when it's that way. But I'd li- like I said, I'd like to think that we do more right than wrong. So, and, and you will. I think more. And I, I do, and I do think that more people in the UK appreciate us than don't appreciate us. Do you know what I mean? Like you, Absolutely. you, you will definitely miss the NHS if we weren't here. You would definitely miss us if we went to the American system where you had to pay for everything. Do you know what I mean? It's like, I've got, I know a lot of people that like, well, I pay into a private head health fund now and I get to jump the queue. And it's like, yeah, that's all well and good, but you're kind of feeding into that, I think. And I think when more people start doing that and start paying for private health care. The thing is, it's like, see, when you pay for private health care, it's NHS staff that are dealing with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that See, doesn't get pay, mentioned, does it? That doesn't get mentioned. Do you know what I mean? It's like when you pay for a private MRI scan for however much that costs. See, when you pay for that, you're getting someone like me in the NHS that's scanning you. You're not like going to like a like. There's not that many private private hospitals with diagnostic departments in it. You're still the, these surgeons and 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 radiologists. They they're all going and working in the NHS the rest of the time, and then they're coming and they're taking all your money with the other hand and if you want to pay for that that's that's fine but you're not getting a better service i promise you the doctors are the same they just <laughs> walk across the car park to the private hospital sorry am i just whistleblowing the nhs shit <laughs> I'm, ra- I'm writing all this down i'm writing on no 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 it's amazing that you're so passionate about it and i can understand because i because i have not done your job and i have I've not worked for the nhs i couldn't possibly imagine the amount of stress and the amount of pressure. And that's why I think it annoys me when people get so down on the NHS because it's kind of like, mm-hmm. well, you can't you can't pretend to know what their jobs are like. You cannot pretend to yeah. to understand that level of, you know, and these also, these are the same people that get really, really frustrated if a queue in the checkout is, is taking too long. So imagine the yeah. pressure that they would be facing in, in a job like like yours. So that's, I, I think these people are, you know, they're fucking idiots, aren't they? We do our best. So can't do any more than that. So. Absolutely. And thank you for the work that you do do in case, in, you know, in case nobody else tells you on a, on a weekly basis. Well done. Uh-huh. Right. So now I want to ask plans for the future. Can you see where are you wanting to take Beyond Senpai? Where would we like to take Beyond Senpai? So I'd I'd like to do more video content, um, I, but I don't know how to video edit. I don't know where to start. So any of the videos that we have kind of put together, Kelly, for the most part, has edited those. She seems to be quite good at that. 
Tom's quite fancy with the video editing. I don't have the brain for it. Um, I've got the gob for it, but I don't tend to have the brain for the the kind of the technical aspects behind it. So I'd quite like to maybe start doing a little bit more of that maybe in the new year. Um, and I'd, I'd like to get more fans involved as well. I'd like to get more of the community writing, making videos, coming on and doing reviews, that kind of stuff. Uh, which is kind of what the whole point of Senpai was anyway. We've had some really, really great uh, guest writers in the past. Um, Rosie um, from the Netherlands, she's written some really wonderful articles that literally get read every day. Because when we when we go onto our website, we can view all our stats and stuff, and you can see which articles have more traction than others. And Rosie's article um, for Wagaki Band, that gets read every day. Every single day somebody reads that article. It's a great wow. article, and I'm always telling her that, and she doesn't believe me. You need to believe me, Rosie. <laughs> oh, well, that might feed into a question that I was going to ask, which is obviously for anybody that has not discovered Beyond Senpai and has not travelled to the <clears throat> to the website, I, I was going to ask the question, of, is there a particular post or review or anything that you would recommend? From the back catalogue, definitely um, Rosie's Wagaki Band review is fantastic. Um, I think, like, go, I think, obviously, <laughs> I think her articles and her interviews have definitely gotten better since we started. Because when, see, when we first, like, the first interview that we put out, we were like, how many questions do we do? Do we do we do five? Do we do ten? Do we do twenty? How many is too many? What do we ask? Do we ask stupid questions like "What's your favourite cheeseburger?" Do you know what I mean? It's like what what kind of quality do we want to have from the questions that we ask people? Um, and I I do think that we are much it's much tighter now. I think that we ask much more probing questions now than what mm -hmm. we maybe did before when we were kind of all new to it. And definitely having Kelly on board has improved our writing quality. She's definitely inspired me to be a better writer. Um, it's it, That has been helpful. I've, I've done quite a lot of editing for other people. So I edited all of uh, Rosie's articles. I <laughs> lost the will to live. <laughs> editing Andrew's article that was basically a, a, a block of words. I love you, Andrew. I'm sorry, but you need to learn how to use punctuation, please. <laughs> Just a comma. Chuck one in every now and then. Bless him. Take note, Andrew. Take, take note. You're listening to a master. <laughs> I mean that in the nicest possible way because he can then, like, improve his writing. And he's so passionate. Andrew is, like, one of the most passionate writers that we've had on Senpai when he writes his reviews, his Love Bites article was fantastic. It was just a pain in the butt to edit because he didn't use punctuation. Well, that's fine. That's fine. We're not expecting everybody to be like, like a super like writer or whatever. It's all about being creative and we can help you with the editing. We can help you with the proofreading. That's what we want to be able to do to try and get more people wanting to do that kind of stuff. So yeah, like, Go if, if if you've not read anything from Senpai, definitely go back and read some of our earlier stuff. Read our fan and like our guest articles. They are they are always really good to read. Um because they just kind of give you a little window into 
what people are really like and what people are into. I think that's quite exciting. Definitely. It's, it's been absolutely... It's, it's been fantastic to kind of hear the work that you've been doing and the work that everybody's been doing from from yourself, who is obviously, you know, one of the creators of, because I think sometimes everybody obviously has an opinion on things and it's very, very seldom we ever get kind of like the, the opinion of the creator. So it's thank you so much for kind of delving into that and explaining things with Beyond Senpai. It would be amazing obviously to see you guys create video content in time and to obviously see you guys grow and have all these amazing experiences that you're going to um, once the gigs start coming back and a lot of things, obviously we, we try to move past the pandemic because it still kind of feels like we've not fully recovered yet in terms yeah. of, you know, experiences that we're able to have. So hopefully, you know, eventually we'll, we'll get those times again. Before, because we'll we'll start to um, wind down. Yeah. You mentioned about kind of when when you kind of pose these interviews. Right, so now I have to ask you, um, what's your favourite cheeseburger? What's my what? What's your favourite cheeseburger? You can't hear what you're saying, Matt. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I, I said. You mentioned about kind of like not asking silly questions, not wanting to ask silly questions, and you said about what's your favourite cheeseburger? All right, yeah. So what's what my favourite cheese? Oh, yeah. my favourite cheeseburger. Oh, I'm really boring. I like a veggie burger. I don't Ooh. really eat a lot of meat. I'm not veg. I'm not a vegetarian, but I'm a little bit fussy when it comes to meat that other people has prepared. I will indulge in a dirty McDonald's from time to time um, if I've had a few drinks. <laughs> but usually if I go out, I tend to have a, I tend to have the veggie option. I like a veggie burger. Although I'm going out for Christmas dinner with work in a couple of weeks and one of the one of the vegetarian options, it was a veggie burger, but it's covered in macaroni cheese. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to have a cheeseburger that's got like, macaroni cheese on top i'm really looking forward to that just seeing how excited you got by that has made me excited for you so i yeah. hope you have a wonderful time with that i'm sorry that the, that the audio was obviously not been great i hope it's okay that, don't uh, worry it's fine that i can improve that but mate thank you so much for coming on is there any questions thank that you would you. like to ask um it'll be nice to see you keep doing this oh, it's nice to have much. you back oh. so it was very nice to get the mail from you inviting me on and i just thought oh great matt's gonna be back oh well, thank while. you so much it, so it really has it's, everything's just so chaotic and and stuff but it, it's it's lovely to have you on i'm sorry it took so long you know I, I hope oh, no, not, long, not long at all it's been fine i, I can talk the ear off of anyone so You'll rue the day a, that you'll invite me onto a podcast. Oh, never. That's that is a skill. That is a skill. Not enough people have that skill. And I really appreciate it. Um now that we're at the end, will you please do me the honor of plugging anything that you would like to tell our guests where they can find you online? 
Okay, so uh, beyondsenpai.com, we're on Facebook, we're on Twitter. Um, I have been toying with the idea of an Instagram because I quite enjoy that. Um, um, I'm just Panda, Tom is on there, Kelly is on there, read all of our articles, um, follow us on those social medias. We're on the YouTube as well, the YouTube Beyond Senpai. Um, we do have some videos on there, it's just us kind of doing reviews and I think there's a Bridier review on there. There's a few good reviews on there, it's good. So go and find us, follow us, share all our shit. And we will continue trying to put out content that you guys enjoy. And if anybody wants to write anything, if you want to write an article, if you want to do a review, if you want to show off your merch, send us an email. Send us an email, beyondsenpaiofficial at gmail.com. Send us a mail. We will put an article together and we will share the shit out of it. Be creative. Fantastic. I love that. And to anybody that wants to do that, please do get involved. I cannot recommend it enough amanda it has been amazing to have you on thank you so much for making the time and it was it was fantastic to speak to you oh thanks for having me ladies and gentlemen that was an unsociable hour i'm glad that you could return again i'm glad that i've been able to do this with such an amazing person for people who have um, messaged me in the recent weeks my plan is to because um, because I know that I don't have all of the previous episodes available currently on the podcasting platform. My plan is to eventually upload those to YouTube, um, just so that those of you who want to re-listen to those episodes can. Um, that will start to happen within the next couple of weeks. And I do plan to start a Twitter account for this podcast. That will probably be sooner rather than later. So by the time this is released, it's most probable that I will have had that. Um, but I will put the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope everybody takes care.